Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. Let's keep it rolling on fourth down in the Steel City. Josh Taylor, Greg Finley, Chris Mack not with us today, but we are going to continue to roll along here as we get ready for Steelers and 49ers. Week one is just around the corner, just a couple days away. But we talked about uh, the tight end position and specifically George Kittle for the 49ers in the first segment of this episode. Now let's talk about the tight end on the Steelers side of things. Let's talk about Pat Friarman because a couple things have happened this week that bring this conversation much more into focus. Of course, there's Travis Kelsey's injury in Kansas City. He pretty much is rated by everybody as a top tight end in the game. It's hard to argue with that. But that becomes a question about his value to Kansas City and his value as a tight end. Because he has discussed in pre in previous days and months about how his contract is what it is. He knows he could be worth more, but he likes playing in Kansas City. He loves the role that he has. Now, that becomes more complicated because TJ Hawkinson with the Minnesota Vikings, previously of the Detroit Lions, he got a new contract this week. That makes this conversation a lot more poignant because on the Steelers' side of things, Pat Fryermuth, his contract isn't up this year, but it's up after next season. It ends after the 2024 season. Now, right now, things look great as far as Pat Fryermuth. He's a $1.6 million cap hit this season. He's a $1.9 million cap hit next season. That's an easy part for the Steelers because he's on a rookie contract. However, let's look at TJ Hawkinson's extension with the Vikings. He's a $4.9 million cap hit this season for Minnesota. But here's what happens in the next four years. $14.1 million, $15.1 million, $19.6 million, and then $21.6 million against the cap in each of those four years, respectively. Which leads us to this question, Greg. It's actually kind of a two-headed question. Number one on this this two-prong question, where does Pat Fryermuth rank among the better tight ends in the league, especially among these guys that are starting to get these big contracts? And two, where does his value fit in as far as what he could stand to receive in a possible contract extension with the Steelers? Well, what's crazy, Josh, is you know people overlook Pat Fryermuth Last year, he had 98 targets, and that, and he had an uh, explosive reception rate of 25% on those targets, only behind, wait for it, George Kittle. There you go. And so I would put him at least in the top 10. I mean, we've gone through our list before that Travis Kelsey's number one more than likely. Kittle's probably number two. 
Uh, Mark Andrews, probably number three. A couple other guys would be up there too, but I'd definitely put Pat Fryermuth in the top 10. I mean, he has been the kind of tight end that when they're in the red zone, Kenny Pickett finds him, or at the time, Ben Roethlisberger found him whenever Ben was the quarterback of this team. He he pretty much was like the next Heath Miller. He was a very good tight end in the red zone for the Steelers, and he's always a great option because he catches the ball, he runs good routes, he blocks well, he does everything that they need of him. So I, I think that he's a big deal for this team. I know that they drafted Washington out of Georgia, but that doesn't discount the fact that Pat Fryermuth has been a big deal for this team, and I think they should extend him. I think the drafting of Darnell Washington, and we'll get to him in just a second, I think that opens up a lot of opportunity for Pat Fryermuth because now with Darnell Washington being the guy that can play in line and make those you know, particular adjustments and make those plays as a blocker or maybe a second option in the red zone, it opens up a lot more opportunity for Pat Fryermuth. He's a guy you can actually split wide while you keep Washington in line. And this is a discussion you and I have had before because if this team goes into 12 personnel with one running back and two tight ends, you can do a lot with Pat Fryermuth. You can split him wide and keep Washington in line, which gives you the opportunity to both run the ball and throw the ball and have some kind of, you know, some kind of results in either side of the game. So that becomes a really fun matchup bonus for the Steelers. But particularly in Pat Fryermuth's case, you're right. You get into the red zone, you got a couple of tight ends, and you can do a lot in the red zone with just those guys. You can spread them both out. You can put them both in line. You can bunch them up. You can spread them out. You can move them around. And now defenses are almost picking their poison. Which tight end do you want to key on and which do you want to not put as much attention toward? Or more importantly, you know, which guy is Washington going to run over as far as taking a guy out to make some space for a Najee Harris or a Jalen Warren in the run game? But specifically for Pat Fryermuth, and I agree with you, I'm putting him probably in the top 10 to 12 tight ends in the league. He's probably towards the lower third of that group because there's so many guys you can list ahead of him. You already mentioned Kelsey. You mentioned a couple other guys. I'd put Darren Waller in that group. I'd put a TJ Hawkinson's probably top five. He's the guy that just got paid for Minnesota. I thought he was a really good piece for Detroit, but they moved on from him. And I understand why Detroit did it because it gave them another opportunity to clear out some cap space and bring in more guys that could probably fit that offense a little bit better just to fit that roster. But it does bring that conversation about Pat Fryermuth and what his value could be because we have seen the tight end position change so much. It's so much more of a mixed bag now. We talk about running backs being versatile and Christian McCaffrey being such a big uh, example of that because of his ability to make plays in the run game and the passing game. Well, tight ends are in that group now too. You, they're, they're pretty much split now into two categories. Tight ends that can run and tight ends – or should say tight ends that can block – and tight ends that could catch. Well, Pat Fryermuth can probably move himself into that category now of tight ends that are expected to do a lot more catching and maybe not be involved in the run game. And if that's the case, if he's a tight end that specifically you're expected to catch a lot of passes, that does jack his value up quite a bit. So instead of having a $1.6 million cap hit this season and 1.9 next season, you might be looking more at the 4.9 and above that you're seeing from TJ Hawkinson. And that's just before his extension double digit salary cap numbers. I look at that and you, you wonder just how far that could get Greg, because the higher that number goes up when you got other guys coming around and be due for contracts, like a Deontay Johnson, like a George Pickens, like a Kenny Pickett, like a, a Najee Harris, who, by the way, 
this is a big decision going into next season about his fifth-year option going into year four because him and Fryermuth are in the same draft class. Now you got a whole bunch of guys on that offense, and you got to make it all fit instead of trying to put 10 pounds into a five-pound bag, so to speak. And it'll it'll definitely raise the stock price on Fryermuth if he has another bust-out season like he did last year whenever he's getting targeted almost 100 times and he's only behind Kittle in reception rate. I mean – other teams, but other teams will want him, and so that could, uh, you know, put the price up even higher. If the Steelers want to retain him, they want to extend him. It's going to come down to the point of, can you afford to do it? A and is it worth it? Because you have other tight ends too. But I really think that he is worth it because we already talked about it. He's a big deal for this offense. He's a big playmaker, and he does everything they ask of him to do. What if Darnell Washington has a really big season, though? I mean, does that help answer the question already of, okay, maybe it's time to move on from Pat Fryermuth and not pay this uh, extension? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And that's also, there's another piece that we're leaving out of this, and that we'll, we'll swing right into that side of it. That tight end room with the Steelers becomes a lot more versatile now. Because you add Darnell Washington. Granted, they cut Zach Gentry. He didn't make the final 53 he's off to Cincinnati and signs with them. So now you look at this tight end room, you still got Fryer with, you got Washington, but you also got Connor Hayward, who is more of an H-back really, but he can line up in tight end and make plays also, whether in line or also kind of off that wing and coming in motion. We've seen him do that a couple of times last season where he came off in jet motion, took some handoffs and closed out a couple of games doing that. I want to say against Atlanta and against also, I think against the Raiders. So we saw that too. But now, Greg, when you talk about the possibility of what Washington could do, you also see what Connor Hayward can do. And it does become what's Pat Fryermuth's value to the team as far as his salary cap value, his protection value, and what's his value as far as the, the diversity and the, the different things that this tight end room can do and the thought of losing him and how it can change all that. Because now, if you're talking about what they could do in these next two seasons while Pat Fryermuth's under contract – you got a lot of different things you could do with the tight end position just because of the versatility alone. But after you get past 20, 2024, how much more does your tight end position group feel that crunch? Because now you're losing that guy that you can split out and become that matchup problem. And the two other guys, while versatile, maybe can't do the things that Pat Fryermuth can do. Well, how much time do you think Darnell Washington's going to get in these games? Is he going to see a lot of playing time? Are they going to do – two tight end sets or are they going to just go with Pat Fryermuth? That's I need to see what Darnell Washington is before I can, you know, decide if keeping Pat Fryermuth is a big, is a thing or not. It, it's also a complicated discussion. And this is where this kind of all comes around because I, I've heard this a lot. I've heard this a lot where we have this thing where we have to place numbers on guys. Well, this guy has to do this and catch this number of passes, this number of touchdowns, or this is a failure. And I understand where that's coming from because we are in a dynamic now, Greg. We're in a dynamic of, of watching and observing football where the numbers become the central focus of the discussion. 
And it's not just because of some, you know, some departure from, from conventional thought of the game. We're in a dynamic now where fantasy football is a big focus, where sports betting is a big focus. So guys need production for their teams to win. They need a certain level of production for those in-game parlays to hit. So all of these things now come around, and some people have, you know, the preseason overs and unders, or in-game overs and unders that they're betting on, and they're hoping for these numbers to hit. But I don't think that's going to be something that drives the Steelers' decision-making as far as the tight ends. I don't think it's going to be, well, we expect Pat to catch this many passes per game or catch this many touchdowns. I think it's going to come down to, A, matchups, who they're playing against, and how they can exploit it. Maybe they can exploit a matchup on a certain week where Pat Fryermuth is split wide and Darnell Washington is in line. Or maybe they can exploit a matchup where they're putting both these guys in line because they're going to try to emphasize the run game more. Or for that matter, maybe you don't see as much Pat Fryermuth and maybe Connor, uh, Connor Hayward's in the game because they're utilizing both of these guys' blocking ability and maybe ability to take advantage in play action. All of that kind of jumbles in. So some people will say, well, we're not seeing as much for production from this guy. That may not be part of their decision-making. It may just be about how do we want to do this? How did we accomplish this goal and who do we need to do it? And the numbers might be secondary to all of that. And let's be honest, everybody wants the Steelers' tight ends or anybody's tight ends to be Travis Kelsey. And (laughs) And there's only one Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and there's only one Travis Kelsey, and there's only one Rob Gronkowski, and there's only one Mark Andrews. Like, not every tight end is going to be a wide receiver like those guys are, but I think Pat Fryermuth is the perfect middle man. He does blocking and he does receiving, runs the routes. He does everything right. I really think that the Steelers are better off with Pat Fryermuth on this team. And it, it also comes to a greater discussion about tight ends as far as how you use your tight end room because we've seen it with running backs, and a lot of teams are using running backs by committee where you have a guy who maybe runs the ball really well. And you might have a guy who catches the ball while in the backfield. And then there's a third guy that can do both pretty well. As far as wide receivers, there's a really good route runner. There's an athletic freak. And maybe there's a slot guy that can make a play here or there, or a guy who can do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Tight ends are becoming the same thing. Guy who can make plays in the run game, guy who can make plays in the passing game, and guy who could do a little bit of both. That's the case with this particular tight end room. So now that lends to all that discussion about how this can, you know, shape itself. It, I'm one of those people where I can make it about the production if I want to. But if I'm talking about this team winning football games, you might have to set something to the side. Oh, yeah, I'd like to see Pat Fryermuth go off and catch 10 passes for 100-some-odd yards and a couple touchdowns. Maybe that's a, a thing that you wouldn't want to see. But that might not be the thing that wins you a football game. It might have to be Darnell Washington – moving some bodies and clearing out one side of the line of scrimmage because you need 25 carries from Najee Harris and maybe 10 to 12 from Jalen Warren to beat a team on the ground. That might have to be the thing that you have. But if that's the case, it's still a good problem to have. It's a good problem from that side of it. The money side of it, though, is where the bigger problems emerge. And those are the problems that we'll see, or at least that the Steelers will see, and that we'll see how they respond to down the line. When we come back, We got a few minutes left here in the show. Want to talk about something that came out earlier this week. Six executives were were questioned by The Athletic about the Steelers' chances to make the playoffs. We'll tell you how many think that the Steelers can make the playoffs and whether or not we agree with this. We'll discuss that when we come back on 4th Down in Steel City. 